Production. Recorded live. All right. It is uh, June. No, it's not June. It's June. It's cold as hell out there. It's January 11, uh, 2018. It's uh, me and Mary laughing at me being silly. And uh, we are going into the uh, seventh discipline. I don't remember how many sessions we've been going so far, but this is discipline number seven. Uh, we're starting because we completed six of them, but it took a while because discipline number uh, four, listening, was uh, four or five. It was uh, listening, yeah. It took a lot longer than I expected because I added some new stuff to this, and you get in the, you know, the, the raw, edited, upgraded version of it. And so uh, today we're going to be talking about educating. And so let me put educating in context of these uh, nine disciplines. So um, there are times when you'll be talking to people and you need to educate them and you need to know that you do because they, they're not picking up what you're putting down. And you'll be, you won't notice that they need to learn something in order to hear what you're talking about for you to actually restore the communication again. Right? So there is learning, as in learning how other people speak and learn so that you, uh, uh, and listen so that you can communicate in ways to them that's impossible to misunderstand, speaking their language and helping them learn how to listen to your language. Um, that's number, one. Number, number two is being accountable. You're accountable for the quality of communication in everywhere in your life. Number three is listening, like how to listen, what to listen for, the steps to listening. That's number three. That's uh, accountability. I mean, excuse me, discipline number three. Uh, number four is distinctions. That is, you know, um, the, um, the monkey mind, are you conscious or not? Um, you know, different, uh, the, the 10 types of vision and the 20 conversation ones. Okay, so there's that. Um, but then uh, I only touched on the 20 conversations because when I went to session five, which was the ebook that turns into this section called Empathy, we're dealing with people's emotions, which is awesome. Oh, my God. I took, like, uh, almost three sessions to go through that. No clue. But, then again, that's the first time I did it, and uh, I'm happy that you let me do it with you. Um, from there, we went to uh, effective interactions. Because uh, the first half of the program is about how to listen. Uh, the second half of the program is about how to speak. So effective interactions is the beginning of how to speak and what to say and how to say it and when and all of that stuff. So, you know, from uh, why am I talking and what am I thinking, um, you know, to the other interactions, that's what that is. And now we're looking at educating because we need to know, do I need to wake this sucker up or not, you know, kind of like that. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Uh, the context for this session. Is, to edu- is educating others to speak, listen, and understand how to communicate in ways that work. Uh, I didn't translate this into the relationship stuff, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. You'll, you'll, you'll be clear on the understanding. People don't, people don't often know what they don't know. If you're speaking with people and they don't know they're not getting what you're communicating and you can't tell the parts of what you're saying isn't landing, the entire exchange becomes a waste of time, and whatever intention was attempting to be fulfilled cannot be fulfilled. As was stated earlier in this program, it is easier for you to understand 100 people than it is to get even one person to understand you. Everything said in this section is the reason why that is so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So people will have language barriers, personal career, family, or community jargons, slang, limited vocabulary, mental models that don't allow others to get through to to or make a difference with. Uh, I think they call it cognitive dissonance. (laughs) Automatic ways of being such as shyness, worry, or limited attention spans. Experience of temporary bouts of fear, anger, confusion, or anything that keeps them from being willing able to comprehend your communication. I know it sounded all convoluted, at least I think it did, but uh, I'm not going to read it again. It's like you got all of this crap in the way, is the bottom line. There will be times when the people you speak with will not understand you for a variety of reasons. Lack of information, misunderstood context, 
lack of commitment, lack of skill. They don't hear, think, or see why it's in their best interest to listen to you. Your lack of credibility with them are philosophically opposed to you in your way of thinking. This list is not only not exhaustive, there are almost an infinite, infinite amount of reasons why a person would need to be educated by you in order to communicate effectively with you and you with them. If you are unconscious, unwilling, or ineffective when it comes to educating people and what they need to know in order to understand you and the communication between you and them, you'll fail to get through to them, which is the same as being ineffective as, a, as they communicate. I'm going to say that part again. Uh-huh. If you are unconscious, unwilling, or ineffective when it comes to educating people and what they need to know in order to understand you and the communication between you and them, uh-huh. you'll fail to get through to them, which is the same as being ineffective as a communicator. Uh, without being great in the area of effective interactions, you won't have enough tools in your communication utility belt to get through to people when they when the going gets tough. The distinctions in the competency effective interactions is designed to give you what you need to have people say, uh, what you need to have, what you need to have people stay and join in the conversations you're intending to have with them, rather than whatever else they may think you're talking about. Without mental modeling, you may not be able to identify why the other person isn't getting your communication or you're not getting theirs. The impact of that is a loss of credibility with the person you're with, person you're in communication with, because they'll be wondering why you don't understand what they feel is so simple and clear to them. Why is it so hard for you? How come you ain't getting it? It's easy for me. <laughs> Why, why aren't you like me, right? In most cases, they won't try to understand you, but they'll make you wrong for not being able to understand them. Happens all the time, right? I think that's where you're going to be started when you're clearing, pretty much. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> relationships, friendships, clients, families suffer from the single issue and many times never recover from it. Without accountability, a person won't be sufficiently committed to ensuring great communication because they'll just blame it on the other person rather than be the one no matter where they are or who they are with. When a person holds the context that they're the one who can, should, and will be the reason all communication in their sphere is pristine, they may not be able to always have communication go that way, but they'll always be empowered to be able to do so and will produce that result almost every single time. Without learning, specifically learning how to learn, there's no real way that anyone can expect to be a great communicator, no matter how talented they are, because since language keeps moving, changing, and evolving, if a person is unable to keep up with those changes, they'll experience life the same way a master of creating eight-track tapes will be in the area in, uh, in the era of MP3s, out of touch and out of communication. <laughs> you could say that everything in this program so far is a foundation for supporting you and being able to demonstrate, excuse me, to determine what a person needs to be taught in order to communicate with you clearly and effectively. Knowing what to listen for, how to be effective in getting through to others, being able to recognize what gets or keeps their attention takes their attention away, confuses them, triggers them, etc., will make you that much more effective in communicating in ways that cannot possibly be misunderstood and therefore have you be extremely effective as a communicator. So I'm going to go a little further, but what I really want you to get is that it's not that you've got to know, be like the world's greatest teacher. Mm Mm-hmm. You just need to be able to recognize what you need to teach that particular person this particular time. Okay. So 
so whether um whether it's because um they don't know how to listen, then you might need to like bring up some stuff to get their attention so they can start learning how they can start listening. And in the process of listening they can actually learn how to listen. So that's a shock that Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, learn something, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so you're not coming off as you're the teacher, but you're in the teacher them so they think and say, oh, I get you, and now you're going to be in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose <laughs> of this, this, this. The whole purpose of this section is to help you recognize when you need to get them back into the same conversation you're having. Okay. This is not a class in being, you know, the world's greatest uh, super professor. It's like... Um. Yeah, I just want regular. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is like, hey, hey, catch up with me. I'm over here. For, yeah. Oh, you, you yeah. Over there. Yeah. Well, now I see you now. Okay, I'm coming over there, but you need to know that I'm on my way over there, right? Like, kind of like that. Yeah. That would so, be very good. Yeah, that's what this is about. So I wanted to let you, you know, that, all that background was just so we could understand it. Okay. The impact of learning and educating is clarity, confidence, growth, capacity, service, fulfillment. These are the, these are why you want to be learning. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you need to be educated. You need to be a teacher. It's that you just need to know the impact and be willing to do that. Um, So, um, clarity. You want to help people learn how to be clear. We covered that in uh, last session, session nine, or the last discipline. But a person's capacity for accurate thinking, uh, whether you have to bring up, catch them up to analysis, inquiry, planning, formulation, et cetera, help them become a match with reality, helps their capacity for accurate thinking become a match with reality. In other words, if they're not dealing with reality, help teach them how to connect with reality. So that could be actually, I think for you especially, that would be tremendously empowering for you to actually look at how to like get somebody connected to reality. Yeah. Because when they're see, because that's your access to workability. Yeah. One yeah. of the main triggers, right? Yeah. You don't have to have things fixed. You just need to have people see that it needs to be fixed and it's fixable. Yeah. <clears throat> so you you want to wake them up without, but you can't wake people up when you're annoyed. All you're doing is proving that they were right the way they were being in the first place. When you do, when you Resist that. Does that that make sense? Yeah. And I don't like when I'm annoyed about it either. Right. And then I stand there and go, well, what else should I be doing? But I don't know that answer. Right. So the answer for you is helping them see better. Yeah. That would be terrific. Yeah. Now, you're going to have to start asking a lot of questions in order to make that happen. You have to ask inquiry questions like, suppose it was easier than we think it is. Wow. And then yeah. they'll be like, huh, what, what? What do you mean by that? And then you can start asking some questions like, or, or creating some scenarios off the top of your head or something, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so you want to be able to um, also go back to session one, which is about learning and learning how to learn, right? So there's fundamental learning versus um, situational learning. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an area where you can, like, listen for uh, uh, can you get through to them that way. So, okay. All right. So so for you, having people get clarity is huge in your world. It might yeah. not be as big a deal once you get with your with you know the guy that you're gonna end up being with. <laughs> it won't have to happen. But uh but while in, in the rest of your life, uh one of the things that triggers you is when they're not clear, when they're not 
they don't understand that you are. And life ain't working. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one, <laughs> for sure. <Yeah. laughs> All right, next, confidence. Uh, a person's belief in themselves increases giving themselves permission to take chances, experiment, and create. So in other words, use educating them to, to, to help them gain more confidence. And they will benefit, and so will you, because you'll benefit from, from whatever they get out of confidence. You'll be, you know, getting it on the, uh, as, a, as a fringe benefit, um, because their confidence, they'll be thankful that you gave them the confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not even be president if they're not confident. Certainly right. not, certainly if they lack some confidence, they wouldn't be conscious of how to make themselves more confident. Right. So if you're educating them on confidence, that's a tremendous thing. That's an area you could be educating somebody in your conversation because once they stop playing a game small, then they're able to actually able to produce some results that they'll be proud of, and you'll be happy too. Yeah, you know, I don't even know what kinds of things that they want because when I listen to the conversations that go on around me, and granted, I'm twice as old as everyone in that office except for Jessica, and I. They just look like me when I was that age. Like I wanted to have a, a, my own guy. I wanted a family. I had like this picture of the house. I had this picture of the whatever. And it was all just all about me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the world. And it wasn't yeah. about the bigger issues going on. And they just sound like me. And then I'm like, well, I didn't really care at that age or I didn't know to care at that age. So how would I even possibly engage them in caring about it when what they care about is that they want to be married and have kids and have a house and a car and a whatever? Yeah. Like, I don't even know what I would say. Well, um, I got more areas where you can provide uh, education. Okay. So... You know, giving them confidence is one thing, but they also need to know what they want. Be conscious of that, you know. So we 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 go there. We go in there. Okay. That's good. Okay. That's good. The confidence thing, you pretty you pretty clear about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like listening to greatness out of somebody, really. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, another area you can educate somebody in is their own personal growth. You can educate them on the ability uh, to expand themselves because they they see things newly. Oh, I didn't know I could do blah, blah, blah. Wow, that's really good. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, because people don't want you, they ain't, you can't make them change their mind, but you can give them new information and make them say, damn, I never thought of it like that. Now that you said, put that in, I got to look at it this way. <laughs> Like, it's not you, it's the information you give them that changes their mind. Right. So mm-hmm. you, so when you give people information that benefits them that they never had before, they'll start. It's kind of like this. Before you learn how to drive, you had the life you had, right? Yeah. Then you learn how to drive, right? Yeah. And then everything changed even though nothing changed, right? Yeah, you got to do errands. <laughs> <laughs> but your travel, your, your travel expanded, right? Your ability yeah. to reach more stuff expanded, right? And, uh, yeah. You know, there was more. Life was more available to you, even though yeah. life wasn't didn't change. Yeah. One so capacity, right? One thing changed that improved like fifty percent of your life for one thing. Yes. So even if you wasn't driving, you knew you could. Yes. And and you know you had more more uh, flexibility in terms of how to travel, when, why, where, 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that people don't realize is that when we learn something new, it adds mm-hmm. anything from twenty to fifty percent improvement to the rest of our life. Wow. Hey, if you just think about you just think about uh, driving or cooking. Mhm. You know, or or typing. Yeah, typing is a good thing, actually. Yeah, it's so minor. But what you type? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And my sister, what my sister remembers about typing is that my mother told us to take typing classes in high school just in case we had to be secretaries. I don't remember that, but she does. Okay. So yeah. anytime you say typing around my sister, she's like, mom thought I'd just be like a secretary. <laughs> <laughs> she like, we'll never get rid of that association. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. Which... <laughs> and so, I don't yeah. even remember it. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, good for you. It probably didn't bother you. That's why you didn't remember. Um, <laughs> so, um, when you are able to educate somebody, you're giving them opportunities for growth that they may not ever even notice that you did, but you did it anyhow. So, you know, when you see that somebody needs some growth, you know, give them whatever you have to give them. Mm-hmm. Have that be an area for educating in order to maintain or upgrade the relationship that you have, the communication you have. So, make sense? Yeah. Okay. Next is capacity, which sounds like growth. Capacity is uh, growth is like size. Capacity is like size, but capacity is more like um, capability. Mm-hmm. Um, growth is growing and getting bigger regardless of whether you're actually taking advantage of it or not. Okay. Capacity capability is on the court results. What are you capable of? Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you capable of? You know, the ability to produce intended results expands the more you're able to expand your capacity. Mm -hmm. So... So, um, so Michael Jordan, one of the amazing things about him is that he mm-hmm. learned after he became the the, the, the the top scoring player in the NBA. After he became that, after he became MVP, and after he became uh, a champion, you know, won NBA mm-hmm. championships, he improved his game in two areas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe this. What? How did... Both of them was amazing. One was more amazing than the other. So I'll tell you the, the first amazing one. Okay. Uh, he learned, he practiced, and then I can't say he mastered, but he got completely competent in the mm-hmm. area of scoring while being fouled. Okay. So uh, what that means is he figured he was going to get fouled, but he had to figure out how to keep himself calm enough to be able to still score anyway. Mm-hmm. The reason why that's so important is because when you get fouled and you score, you have a chance to hit three, hit score three points. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because you you score, you you know, you shot while you're getting fouled. Uh-huh. If you would have, if you miss, they give you two free throws so you can make the shot, the two points that you was going to make. Uh-huh. But if you shoot and you get fouled and you score. You, they still give you those two points, and then you still get a foul shot. So you can oh, actually score okay. three points from getting fouled. Wow. Okay. Well, so that, that increases. A, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So that was growth, which expanded his capacity to produce results. In this case, the result called scoring baskets, scoring points. Huh? In addition, that also increased his uh, his um, shooting percentage. Uh-huh. Meaning, you know, shots taken versus shots made. 
right, and, and missed. So I wonder, it, I wonder if he thought that stuff up on his own, or if he had a really good coach. Well, he had a really good coach, but I don't know if he thought that. I don't know how that came out. I just know it did. And then the second or maybe thing the both, coach told that to everyone, and he was the only one who could have the capability to do it. Possibly. Possibly. How cool? Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Possibly. I don't know. But the other half, the other part of this though, is that when he's when you score a basket, when when you take a shot, when you get fouled in the NBA. You score the basket, they give you credit for the basket, uh-huh. and it increases your shooting percentage. But uh-huh. if you but if you miss, they don't charge you with a with a a, a shot. Oh, that's so, cool. That's right. Like a so win-win. You, right. Exactly. So you don't you you get credit for scoring, but you don't get you don't get credit for you don't lose. They don't they don't penalize you for missing. You either score and get a three-point shot, or you miss, and then you get two shots. And that's how that goes. And so the fact that he mastered that, well, as close to mastering as possible, he became very competent in scoring while being fouled. He saw all the reasons for doing that. It increased his scoring average, the scoring percentage. It made people even less want to mess with him. <laughs> it intimidated him more. And, you know, it, it upgraded his game. It increased his capacity to produce results, expanded it. The other I thing he did, okay, I went at work so that I wouldn't feel so upset. At say, that, say that again. How I could figure a way to do that at work, make it a win-win situation so that when I'm there working for free to do the job the right way because I'm having integrity that I'm not sitting there just being annoyed by it. And when I have to go on my day off and whatever, so how I wonder how I could turn that into something that was a win-win, no matter what. Okay. I'm not sure. The, I don't have the answer right now, but it occurred to me if I could do that, I'd be way better off. Yeah. Great. Great. You want to hear the other thing that he did that was amazing? Yes, please. Yeah. The other thing he did is that was amazing is he was constantly. Most NBA stars, stars on the team, they get double teamed. Two guys are guarding them at the same time. Jordan was constantly being guarded by three people at the same time. He was being triple teamed. But Jordan had the capacity to to uh, get past, get out of the triple team just by dribbling alone. He could dribble himself out of a three point, out of a, uh, a triple team. I'm like, how did he do that? One guy, three people around him, and he dribbled, just being failed him. All three of them are behind him, running after him. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so dribbling. And it wasn't like he was doing behind the back, you know, crisscross or like, no, he, I don't know what he was doing. I just know that he would dribble, switch hands, and next thing you know, he was by himself while everybody's looking like, how the hell? And he's on the way to the basket. That seemed impossible. But then what also happens is when you've got three people guarding you and you get past them, you got at least two teammates that are open somewhere because they left those teammates to come get you, the defensive players. Oh, so yeah. Now you got – if you got three of his three of the uh, all-position players behind him, you got at least two players open. you got to find out which one, the, which one of those are, or it's going to be you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that was amazing. And, it, again, produced and increased his capacity. To produce results. So when you can help people in, increase their capacity, a lot of times it'll be through growth, but not necessarily. And and maybe what you should do is when you have a challenge at work, you should call me, Tony, you got a few minutes? Yes. <laughs> Something, <laughs> Something happened at work. Can I talk to you about it? Yes. And then we talk about it. All right. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm available. All right, next. Being of service or, or service. Um, so you could actually educate people in either being of service or being willing to accept service from others. Because a lot of times, you know, people who are about money, they're not really that much about service. They're too busy mm-hmm. trying to get paid or control or whatever, you know. 
So either allowing them to be of service or empowering and educate and direct them in the area of being willing to serve mm-hmm. is a great capacity. Um, yeah. So um, what do I want to say? Um, yeah, that's pretty clear. You know, somebody, it looks like service, having a conversation with them about service, educating them on service, whether mm-hmm. it's them serving you, you serving them, them serving others, others serving them, you know, that's an area where you could upgrade the conversation. Okay. okay. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, fulfillment. This is the one that I was thinking about when you was asking me, you know, what I'm going to do with these other crazy folks, these young folks that look mm-hmm. like they look like me when I was young, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, when I talk about fulfillment, I'm talking about educating them on being satisfied, happy, and joyful. Uh-huh. Because of an improved relationship to reality. See, when people really get reality, after they get pissed off, they'll be like, oh, okay, this is really how it is. Well, I didn't like the way it was, but at least now that I know, I can do something about it. Uh-huh. But also, people don't even realize that they need to be taking care of their own satisfaction, their own fulfillment, like their life purpose, like, you know, their reason for being, doing, having. And it's above and beyond what they think, 90% of the time, because most folks don't think long enough to find out what their purpose is. Your intention is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So giving people access to fulfillment, that would save you so much heartburn. It ain't funny. <laughs> you are not kidding. And what's like kind of scary about that is I only learned that for myself by accident. Like totally just by accident. Yep. And it took a long time, but by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know looking at my life now, I was supposed to find this out, but mm-hmm. you know, the spirit was not leaving me alone until I got it. No matter yeah. how long it took. But, yeah, well, um, I'm a slow learner. It took me longer than you. <laughs> uh, oh, my yeah. God. I think about it. Totally by well, accident. Well, I was 48 when I found out about my life purpose. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I think I was older than you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you have my condolences. I would hand you a tissue. I'm actually handing you a tissue. I just don't know how far away I am from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, at least I got it, right? Yes, yes, you got it. It's yeah. really like when all the other things are just like stupid and in my face, mm-hmm. like the the cool stuff around the people that I volunteer with makes all that other stuff seem seem like smaller in comparison if I really think about it. Got it. Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to leave you with this last piece here. Um, okay. The question, the question, one of the key questions, and you've heard me say this before, but uh-huh. this is one of the key questions you should ask when you're in the area of educating. Uh-huh. And you see education might actually help the conversation, the communication to work well. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Gee, that was an interesting way of looking at things. Would you like to hear another? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember you saying that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that's one. Um, yeah, yeah, I will, I will leave it at that. Now, <clears throat> if I'm you and I'm thinking, do I need to educate this person? So I need mm-hmm. to bring them up to speed so we can be back in the same conversation together, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the question you can be asking yourself, don't ask them. Ask yourself is, what must they be thinking that mm-hmm. made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? You should always have that question on in your head. Okay. Because eventually you will find out what the answer really is. And you're going to be happy when you did uh, after, you know, the poss- the possibility of shock and disappointment when you first find out. After that, you're going to be, oh, at least I know what the real deal is now, Dana, because, because 
the sooner you get bad news, the better that bad news is, you know. Yeah, because I don't know what they what they're thinking. Because they right. they don't say what they think about it. They just they have they they continue their actions and they make no comment. Right. I know. I get it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yes. All I can say is, Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get it. All right. <clears throat> so, believe it or not, um, that ends Section uh, 7, Education, because really it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to teach you how to educate people now. No, uh-huh. because it's more about knowing what areas you need to educate them so that you can bring them back to the conversation. Okay. So we're going to move into uh, Session 8, the Discipline okay. Number 8. Called uh, this one you're gonna like. It's okay. called pers- persuasion. Okay. So persuasion. Let me define persuasion. The art and science of getting people to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that one. The art and science of getting people to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me see here. Uh, also have it as a uh, verb to prevail on a person to do something as by advising or urging. Number two, to induce to believe by appealing to reason or understanding to convince. Yeah, right. So uh, I wanted to actually make it that, that plainful, that plain and have it be that um, uh, unattractive, I would say. You know, uh-huh. um, because right now people hate being trying to be persuaded, you know. They feel like it's con. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna share with you why while we go through this. Okay. Story. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Oh, by the way, anything you want? I'm sorry. I moved on without checking to see if there's anything you wanted to say or understand or get clear about or what you got out of uh, the educating part. Um. No, I wrote down those three important things. Okay. That you said, and I'm good. Very good. Really good. Good. All right. Getting people to do what you want them to do is a serious and permanent challenge. Permanent. Because people only want to do what they want to do, (laughs) not Mm -hmm. what you want them to do. Right. So the most effective way to get people to do what you want want them to do is to give them compelling reasons to do what you want them to do. (laughs) (laughs) The better you are at creating or finding great reasons for people to do what you want them to do, the more you'll be able to get people to do what you want them to do. I actually like the fact that I keep saying it that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, almost want, I want people to almost get annoyed hearing me say it, so I'm going to read it again. So, uh, okay, go ahead. Getting people to do what you want them to do is a serious and permanent challenge because people only want to do what they want to do, not what you want them to do. The most <laughs> of, <laughs> right? I mean, really. You know? Yeah, you're a nice know, person and everything. Yeah. You know, I did go to work, and I did tell Danielle about the – anagram for weight. She thought it was very cool. I might go into work and I might say this too. <laughs> okay. She's awesome. <laughs> the, the most effective way to get people to do what you want them to do is to give them compelling reasons to do what you want them to do. The better you are at creating and finding great reasons for people to do what you want them to do, the better, the more you'll be able to get people to do what you want them to do. <laughs> There are many other ways of getting people to do what you want them to do, uh, mm-hmm. but none of them involves persuasion. Okay. Uh, uh, hold on a second. Yeah. However, each is effective in its own right. Here are some of the following. Force. Force. Threats, pressure, violence, blackmail, manipulation. Mm-hmm. That's, those are different variations of force. In addition, here's, here's another list. There's scams, there's lying, there's con games, there's guilt, exile, sex, rewards, bribes. This list isn't endless, but it isn't the end of it either. (laughs) In In fact, this list and the impact this list has had on people through the centuries is the reason persuasion isn't looked upon favorably or taken seriously by most of humanity. However, for those who understand its power, 
they take it extremely seriously because they know getting people to do what they want them to do and that they're happy they did it is the doorway to having anything they want in life and at the same time create or maintain great relationships over time. Mm-hmm. So there's the thing I call the persuasion process. Mm-hmm. Persuasion is the middle of a three-step process. Okay. Pers- persuasion is situated between enrollment and registration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all coming and, back. Uh huh. In other words, persuasion follows enrollment and both precedes and facilitates registration. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, um, just as there are levels of commitment and levels of mastery, there are levels of persuasion, or more aptly stated, quality levels of persuasion. Those quality levels, there's three of them. There's clumsy persuasion, there's quality persuasion, is seamless persuasion. Okay. Clumsy persuaders aren't actually very persuasive at all. They cannot really see any other person's perspective. They want what they want and are usually reactive, impatient, and unimaginative, at least in this arena. After one or two attempts at being persuasive, they get forceful and impatient, or they just quit. What they don't do is review what just happened and learn from their mistakes. However, for those who eventually figure this out, they move up to the next level, quality persuasion. Mm-hmm. Quality persuaders know how to answer questions, overcome objections to doing what they want people to do, and are very creative, even empowering when it comes to being persuasive. They learn from their mistakes and generally get what they want. They may or may not occasionally use force or other low-level forms of getting people to do what they want them to do. Um, but they have to work hard every day to be persuasive, and their journey never ends. However, for those who want to uh, high, who want to um, excuse me, however, for those who want a higher quality of life in the area of persuasion and relationships, there's a higher level to operate from. Seamless persuasion. Seamless persuasion is comprised of three things. Love, care, commitment. I like that. Uh Uh-huh. I thought you would. Love, because you love what you're doing and want others to share in what it is you'd love. You saw a great movie that you love and learned something from it, so you want people of of your life to see it and get what you want. uh, To get, excuse me, to see it and get what you got from it as well. Mm-hmm. Care, because you care enough about others that you would work hard to see to it that they get what they want out of doing what you want them to do. For example, coaching a client to give up something or take something on may take more than coaching. It may take persuasion. Come in. Because you're sold on what you're trying to get someone else to do. So, for example, you're sold on a particular song or vacation destination, and you're committed others experience the same joy you experience. Mm -hmm. The more you're able to put yourself in other people's shoes and remember why you want them to do what you want them to do, Mm -hmm. the more creative you'll be at finding reasons for others to want to do what you want them to do. The more you use your powers for good rather than evil, the more you'll improve your relationships and the easier it'll be to get people to continue doing what you want them to do. So um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to talk this out now. Okay. Um, But there's uh, at least two uh, distinctions that I have to add to this uh, section here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first one is when you, in order to be persuasive, you need to be able to do uh, this one thing. Um, hold on a second. Okay. So, persuasion, um, one of the things you need to be able to do is to make offers that uh, that 
um, or irresistible offers. And an irresistible offer can be stated um, is that you make an offer that makes it easy for them to say yes and hard to say no. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if somebody asks you out for a date, you, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be easy for you to say yes. But since you won't lose anything by not going, it'd be hard for you, it'd be easy for you to say no. Mm-hmm. Consequently, um, there could be, um, you really, um, let me see, what can I say here? Um, your, oh man, I'm trying to think of something here. Um, let's say you are, um, oh God, okay, let's go with the, let's go back to the dating example. Uh-huh. So, um, it's easy for you to say yes, but also easy for you to say no because there's nothing lost, right? So now let's say he says, you know, I, I know that you know you got an issue, um, you know, with, with your funds. You know, I know you're behind in your rent. Uh, you know, I'd be happy to, like, you know, give you some money to pay for your rent as well. You know, mm-hmm. not not because you want to go on a date, but I'll do that also on, with a date. Now, it's hard to say no mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're going to get money for your, for your apartment as well as going on a date. Mm-hmm. So he just made it easy to say yes, hard to say no. I know that's an example that ain't never going to happen, but it's still an example <laughs> called making it easy to say yes and hard to say no. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, something so, sort of like that happened. Really? Not about a date. Yeah, but I didn't go to see my cousins in Maine because hmm. my aunt had that 90th birthday luncheon for my uncle that I didn't know she was going to have before I bought the ticket, hmm. and like I had this box of <coughs> um, material that was left over from making old quilts and things like that that I sent to my cousin in Maine because she makes quilts. She makes beautiful quilts, like could be in a museum kind of thing. Yeah. And I I sent it to her with no expectation. I just thought, you you should use that. It's been sitting in my closet for five years. Oh. And she went and made a quilt for me. And then she called me up and she said, Frank and I really were sorry we didn't see you in the fall. And I really like to give these quilts, because she just really makes them as gifts for people. She said, I like to give it in person, so why don't you buy an airline ticket and we'll pay for it? That made it very easy to say yes, and I feel, I it, it felt a little odd, because I don't normally get that kind of offer, nor do I would I normally have said yes, but I really want to see them too, and that was so gracious of them to do that, and it's not like a gazillion dollars. And I got an airline ticket today. Wow. Yeah, I have. I so some of my found ancestry dot com cousins are so incredibly kind and generous, and oh. my long lost cousins on Long Island. Well, they're not kind and generous, but I found a couple, and the couple that I found are worth ten thousand of the ones that don't give a crap. Because <laughs> they're just nice people. Awesome. And they care about other people besides themselves. Yes. Come on, yeah. people there. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. <laughs> Try to love one another right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I tell you, I saw uh, uh, Forrest Gump for Christmas. <laughs> one of my favorite movies, man. Oh, gosh. I haven't seen that in so long. I don't know. Jenny. <laughs> yeah, so um I didn't realize it was gonna take this is gonna go so quickly with this session here. Uh-huh. Um uh, but yeah, we we uncovered all the details here. Though. We only got one more oh. session after this, by the way. Okay. So the last session is gonna be on clarity. Okay. Yeah, clarity. That's the actually when all is said and done, yeah. That's what this whole workshop, this whole program is about. Clarity. But you need to know all that other stuff first in order to be able to create clarity. Okay. Well, I'm looking yeah, because, forward to it. Yeah, because I can give you clarity, but if you don't have indicators all along the way to either see where clarity is mm-hmm. or how to generate it or how to, you know, provide it or pull it out of the person you're dealing with, 
mm-hmm. then you could be a, you'll end up just being a wordsmith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay, cool. Wordsmithing does not help relationships at all. I mean, it, it, it helps agreements, but mm-hmm. you know, it's too uh, destructive and too painful and ugly to be that. So, about um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. anything, anything you want to say about what we got tonight? Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. By the way, I want you to know. I forgot. I I, I loved the uh, uh, the life raft uh, you, you you put around my photo there. That was freaking <laughs> awesome. I had fun with that. I was sitting there and I was like, hmm, I can write like the thing you said, but you know what would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> That was There's so cool. this very, very cool um, website where you can get free photos. Mm-hmm. Like, you basically just have to sign up, but you can get free photos. And some of the photos are, you know, medium and somewhere. But occasionally you'll find, like, some great photo. And it's all really, really nice because people just need it because they like it. And I was like, you know, I thought I could find a picture. And then I could do it. And it was just fun. I had fun. Okay. <laughs> no, I ain't mad at it. I was looking at it I was like, yeah, get out of here. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. Great way to start the year off. I, I greatly appreciate it. Oh, Sam, you're, you're worth it. Are you kidding me? You're, you're, you're one in a million. I thank you. I, I really got that. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored. And thank you for your listening because you'll be pulling this stuff out of me, you know, for real. <laughs> I'm grateful. Oh, you're the best ever. Let's just be friends forever and ever and ever. How cool would that be? Super cool. Super cool. Super cool. So, all right. Talk to you next uh, week. Yep, indeed. Talk to you later. Okay. Good night. Good night.